0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
1: This is Scott Merkin, and welcome to the White Sox Extra podcast. I'd like to welcome my guest today, Chris Getz, from the White Sox, Director of Play of Development, and Nick Hostetler, the Director of Amateur Scouting. And guys, uh, thank you for joining me here at the end of uh, SoxFest. And I, I guess an easy question to start with is, you guys have dealt with this for a little while now, are you impressed that just the fans, not even embracing, but just how it into this whole, uh, you both can answer this. Into into the rebuild, you got they they are so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Sox Fest is sold out, um, which is very telling to, to the support that w- that we're getting from our fans. But uh, you know, it's just a kind of a testament to what Rick has done in terms of accumulating these players, and, and uh, you know, some of these guys are you know making their way to the big leagues, and and the fans. You know, we're starting to see these players and see what they're capable of doing, and I think they're getting more and more excited. So, obviously, they show up here and they're, they're excited for 2018.
2: Yeah, I mean, on the lines of what Getsy was saying. I mean, it's it's nice to to see everybody out and get to interact with the fans. Um, something him and I don't get to do often, but it's it's fun to do and see how excited they are about the young kids. And um, you know, I think the the players, the young players that we've drafted and signed and brought in, I think they. Uh, they seem to really enjoy it too. It's a nice kickstart to the season, I think, for them, and it gives them a little bit of an extra incentive going into spring training.
1: Like you, like you said, you probably not as around the fans as much as maybe like Rick Hahn or or Kenny or something like that. But do you have any good stories about fans? Maybe Chris about fans trying to tell you when a certain player is ready or where a certain player should be or that kind of thing. Have you had a few of those already?
0: Yeah, this morning actually, like really? <laughs> someone in the elevator was saying that uh, you know so and so needs to be you know at a certain level, which. Um, he wasn't too far off, you know. <laughs> but I'm open to suggestions all the time. I mean, Nick gives them to me all the time. Yeah,
2: he doesn't listen. But he gives them to. Me.
0: It's worth trying though.
2: Right? Yeah, I try.
0: Uh, is it
1: is it different than like even when you played Chris and that there's so much information about the minor league side? I mean, back to like you know. 15, 20 years ago, minor league guys got talked about it a little bit, but you rarely saw him interviewed. Now there's whole segments devoted to just focusing on minor league guys. Sure, I mean,
0: you had, uh, you know, Baseball America, so you had to have a subscription, right? And right. And you knew the prospects uh, that each organization had through that. So, you, But who had access to that? Now everyone has access to, to things beyond Baseball America. You can go online and you've got just a long list of groups that, that put together these uh, prospect rankings but it, it's it's great for us because of what we're doing right now and they they're learning more and more about these players and I think that's why they're they're getting behind us and, and getting excited for this thing
1: you have it different obviously Nick you're bringing these guys in so I'm sure as you get more and more recognized people are telling you who should you if you heard a lot about who you should take for number four and and beyond that, actually. You probably get guys like, hey, here's a good third round pick that might
2: be easy. Some of the things that we get, I think I was asked in a panel the other day, a guy asked me something about a fifth round, what (laughs) what we do after the fifth round, and it's like, wow, I haven't even figured out the first yet, but they are and and they're educated. Um, The fans are far more educated now than what they ever have been. Um, It's through all of the different uh, sites to do it, all the blogs, all of the Twitter, all the social media, it's it's at their fingertips. So so they understand when they hear about a player, they can, they've can they seen the player on video or they've watched him, especially with college baseball, um, even some of these high school games getting televised on, on MLB Network or ESPN or whatever it may be. Um, they've seen these guys, so they're familiar with them. Before, when Chris Gretz was drafted out of the University of Michigan, nobody you know, nobody saw him play. None of the fans saw him play. Now, I mean, they can see our 26th rounder play at some point, so they're familiar with them. But they're educated now, and... Um, it's kind of a double-edged sword with it right. at times, but uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy listening to their opinions, and um, sometimes we think along the same times. Some Sometimes we don't, so it's okay.
1: Speaking of educated, you mentioned Chris went to, to Michigan to find fine institution. How in did the, we know is this that, was yeah. coming in this and, uh you were, you were a prospect coming in, Chris, and how, how what pressure is there when you're listed in that group, and how much different is it even from when you played now versus the pressure on, you know, the – not even just the top five in baseball, but, like, the top five, ten in the organiza- that are considered in the organization, especially with a system now that's considered one of the top two or three in baseball like you guys have?
0: Well, when I was playing <clears throat> at that time in the organization, we were we were pretty light uh, in the farm system, but we, we had a strong major league club that just come off, you know, winning a World Series. Right. Um, but, you know, player, you paid attention to it, but there wasn't that much to pay attention to, right? So, you know, I was aware of kind of where I sat from a – you know, prospect ranking standpoint, but I also knew that wasn't what the organization necessarily thought. I know that they, you know, have relationships with some of these publications, but that stuff can be really distracting as a player. Um, I felt that way. Anytime you read good or bad, it kind of got away from your focus and, and your preparation and what you need to do to become a major league baseball player. Um, this is such a grueling, uh, challenging game. Um, you know, there's really no time for distraction. So, for guys to get caught up. In that type of stuff, if they're doing themselves a disservice. I feel the same way. If I get caught up and I'm looking at these rankings, right. I'm doing the organization a disservice because it's distracting. It's just not important because, at the end of the day, we need to go out there and win ball games, right? We need these players to be right. fully developed and ready to go when they get to the major league level, and that's that's at the end of the day what we're going to be evaluated on, not necessarily what the, you know these rankings say.
1: So, can you look at that when you're drafting, when you're you know looking at guys? Because I think one of the biggest things for these players, which isn't talked about a lot, is how they handle failure, right? Mm-hmm. Because all these guys you're getting, especially high up, maybe even lower, yeah. have had pretty much a lot of say, a great deal of success, maybe not across the board success, but no big failure. Yeah. So sometimes, I mean, do you look and say, okay, I, I see this guy, I've talked to this kid, I've watched him, I've talked to his coaches. He's as good as player A, but player B maybe won't be able to handle yeah. the problems as much or the, the pressure as much. Do you, do, can you read no, that when I, you're out there?
2: Yeah, I think that the makeup part of it is. Uh, just as important as what the physical tools a lot of these guys that we 're looking at that are going to be going to be higher draft picks especially they tools wise they aren't that different um, there, there's some that are and there's some that are superior obviously like in anything but um, the, these these kids are all t- very talented um, they all have something that we have interest in from a tool standpoint so the makeup the character on and off the field kind of separate that. Um, we do a really good job here of not letting the off-the-field stuff blur the on-the-field, what they're doing on the field, until the player shows that they can't handle what's going right. on off the field. We, we've we've spent a lot of time uh, spending time with NFL teams, NBA teams, NHL teams, trying to figure out how they do it, how right. they judge character and makeup, and um, we've kind of implemented that into our uh, scouting aspects of, of – trying to get to know the player, um, and, it's, and that's key. You know, Our area scouts put a lot of work into getting to know these kids, and, and they become part of that family once they end up being drafted. Um, and it's it, that's a special part of it, but at the same time, that helps us separate when guys really close tool-wise. You look at the makeup, you look how they're going to be able to handle the failure, not even the success. It, it, handling the success is... I don't want to say it's easy because it can be a distraction, but it's how they're going to handle that failure when it's the first 0 for 20 and how do they get out of it, how do they manage that to not let it snowball even further. So baseball is the hardest game to play in the world, and on top of it when you have playing 162 times out of a year, going to fail a lot so that's a vital part of what we do in our evaluations just among the three of us who you lean into at number four right now you know how many times i've been asked that question (laughs) i can promise you it's not a guy from michigan again (laughs) (laughs) easy
0: spring hasn't even started yet and they've been working hard
1: this winter it could be be a great thing you never
2: know it's gonna it's not gonna be a buckeye either but
1: But, i mean you you where is the list at right now i know i talked to you before i mean i guess where's the process at right now
2: yeah we're in the um we're in the just starting the um, evaluation process for the spring from a on-the-field aspect of it, uh, all of our meetings and the off-the-field stuff have somewhat wrapped up. Um, we have all the analytic data has been run from the summer and the prior season. So we have that list, and um, we're actually sitting down and going through that uh, I was going through it this morning with one of our guys, just making sure we're hitting the right guys early, but um you know we've already started our on the field evaluations I was in Puerto Rico with a few of our guys, Juan Alvarez and Mike Shirley last week, and uh headed to Florida tomorrow um to to start with the college college season. They started their practices on friday um so i mean we're we're starting right in the thick of things
1: do you guys, you guys will do you guys interact a little bit on, or not more than a little bit on this I mean in terms of the I mean obviously you're not telling them you got to draft this, you got to draft he that. Does. But, he but does. <laughs> but you guys, uh, do, you, do you tell me? That? <laughs> do, you, do you talk about, I mean, yeah. I'm just, it's a whole process, obviously, yeah. with everyone involved. But is there a by play like, you know, maybe certain rounds, certain areas you have to focus on type of thing? Certainly,
0: you know, I'm not going to talk about our draft strategy because that's not my, my expertise. But, you know, you're obviously our approach. You're going to go out there and get the best player available, right? Now later on in the rounds, now we're okay. What 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 are our needs within the organization here? Do we need a middle infielder here and outfield? Do we need arms? So uh, we'll communicate that you know prior to the draft, so just so it kind of helps that process when things get rolling. Yeah, I I mean,
2: the relationship him and I have developed over the course of the past years has been has been terrific. I, I did not know him. Um, I met him the day he came in to interview in Arizona. That was the first time I've ever met him, and I'm very. Uh, I'm very aware, almost probably too much, he'll probably say, but I I worry about the Type of player that we're giving him, just because I want to make sure that it fits into what his development plan, what him and Rick sat down and came up with, as far as what's best for this organization. So we've got a great relationship. We're constantly talking, um, not just about players, talk about other stuff and make fun of Scott Merkin a lot. But um, (laughs) that
1: should not be a (laughs) lot. There's no growth in that.
2: (laughs) But we do have we do have a great open lines of communication on all of that. I ask his input on a lot of stuff. I'm, I want him to go see players when he's capable um, and has time. I know he doesn't have much time, but um, just so he can familiarize himself, a guy that we might end up getting in the system, um, he he'll, you know, have a chance to see that guy before we get him and have a little understanding of what he was like as an amateur. It's huge, so um, you know it's it's a great working relationship. And we have fun with it, but at the same time, it's uh, it's the business part of it. We're we've we've got it going well.
1: And wrapping it up. With- Look at a couple individual things. Uh, we'll stay on the positive on this one. Is there a guy in either one of you that is really like maybe you that you scouted that you thought, eh? You know, we'll take him, but I'm not sure he's going to be what he is, and he turned out so far to be, or maybe even he's in the majors. Or same with you, Chris. Someone I know you've been you've been in a couple of years, but someone that you've seen that's kind of impressed you with how they've kind of developed in the early stages. Anyone that stands out?
2: I, I mean, when we take them, we think they're all big leagues, exactly. And of course, be superstars. Of course. Um, no, you know that's a good question. I, I got to be honest. I was I was extremely nervous when we took Alec Hansen. I mean, it was boomer bust. I, I don't think that, I, I don't think any of us thought there was any middle ground with him, um, and and it was a nerve wracking um, pick to take there. And and you know, and obviously it was my first draft as scouting director as well. So right. I I was every pick I overanalyzed, and I still do that now. But um, he's one that you know I, I was nervous about, but the job that. Matt Zaleski and the the job that they did last year with him. The first year was great. They did a great job setting the foundation. But the job they did last year with playing it slow, making sure he got comfortable where he was, gained the success, that is what has helped Alec Hansen become who he is right now. It's I don't Physical stuff, yes, I get it. There were some tweaks made and all that, but the way that they handled him from a mental side is—I can't say enough. But you know, he's one of them. I think there's—you know—there's a few guys. Ian Hamilton, I think, is one of them. You know, he was kind of a guy that we were not really sure what we had, and, and to get a guy that has went in the back end of the bullpen and, and has had a nice, uh, nice couple of years has been has been good. But yeah, that's a tough one off the top of my head. That's two. Two that answers.
0: I'll take those two guys. But just to kind of expand on the topic we were discussing before and how important our relationship is, I mean, it's the the, the PD amateur scouting relationship is crucial for an organization because they have the information, they have the vision, they know the player. So if, if, there, if there's a breakdown, there's a roadblock, it's going to hinder the guy's development. Um, but, you know, and then we get Alec Hansen. We had all that information, right? Uh, Nick and his team... They they've communicated that. So when we had the handoff to to get and in, get them into our system, we had a head start. We felt like we had a uh, we knew how to approach this kid. We knew what to teach this kid, um, and it has showed. And the guy the kid responded well, um, and has continued to respond well, pitching at three levels last year. Um, so, but you know, and Ian Hamilton is definitely another guy who uh, you know. I, if we're going to call him a sleeper or not, but he's, he's got big stuff Somewhere. and, uh, he's got a chance to, to move along here being a reliever and, uh, you know, it'll be exciting to see what he looks like come springtime.
1: I want to thank you guys both for joining me. This has been White Sox Extra. I'm Scott Burke.